Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And September is Hunger Action Month, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Joining me in the studio is going to be Andy Lemon. He's the Program Coordinator for the Society of St. Andrews. And we'll be happy to take your questions or your comments about hunger, especially in Mississippi. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. September is Hunger Action Month, and Hunger Action Month is a nationwide awareness campaign designed to mobilize the public to take action on the issue of hunger. It brings attention to the reality of hunger in the United States and promotes ways for individuals and organizations to get involved. And we have one of those individuals today that is a champion for the fight against hunger. Joining me in the studio is Andy Lemon. He is the program coordinator with the Society of St. Andrew in Mississippi. We're excited that he's joining us to um, help us shed some light on the problem of hunger because it's much bigger than I think we think it is, much more pervasive in our society. If you have a question or a comment, you can join the show by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Andy. I'm glad you were able to come on with me today. Good morning. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, I know that this is a topic that you're very passionate about. You know, um, through some of the community work that I do, we kind of ran into each other uh, by happenstance and some shared colleagues that we work with. And I've gotten the opportunity to go out with you in the field and do some things, which has been absolutely amazing. But tell us a little bit about um, what the Society of St. Andrew does. It's very simple. You know, you work hard to, to get it down to really easy to remember. <laughs> right. Um, it's very simple. There are people that have not enough food to eat three meals of of good quality food every mm-hmm. single day. Um, and there's 600,000 of them in Mississippi. Wow. Um, and there's also farmers, growers, packers, providers, warehouses that have too much food. It's going to glut the market and drop the price to an unacceptable margin, right. or it's going to be not pretty enough to go on a shelf. Um, so rather than having those people discard that perfectly good e- to eat food, um, we just take care of the labor and logistics to redirect it to people that can use it immediately. 
Yeah, which is fantastic. So uh, you mentioned the food that's not pretty enough to make the shelf, um, which seems ridiculous that there's food that people won't buy because it looks a certain way. Because I'm a sucker, you know, like I buy the things that are, are dented or broken because I feel sorry for them. Like, you know, <laughs> when I was a little kid, uh, we went Christmas shopping and the angel that we got for the top of the tree, the arm was broken on it because I cried in the store. Apparently, I felt like the angel wasn't going to fulfill its its <laughs> Christmas duty because nobody was going to buy it because its arm was broken off. So that's why we have a, a broken angel that sits on the top of our tree. And so, you know, but there are people that, you know, if it's a less than beautiful piece of fruit or vegetable, it's not going to be. Or there's nothing so. wrong with it. Think of the lonely banana. We tell right. the story of the lonely, the lonely banana. banana. You, you have this bunch of bananas that came as a family from another country to sit on our grocery <laughs> right. shelves and they're ready. And then somebody says, ah, I don't want seven bananas. I want six. Right. So they break one off the bunch and mm-hmm. leave it. Well, what happens is nobody picks up that lonely banana and the oh. store either thinks there's something not good with it or it's just not going right. to sell. So they're going to discard it. Um, so it's, it's, it's the cycle of really just simple changes that we can make to right. reduce food waste and feed hungry people. At I the feel same like time. that could be a children's book, The Lonely Banana. You should you should work <laughs> we should on that. Do that. We should work on that. The there story is of a the book out banana. there called Stella the Sweet Potato that tells her story. Oh my so. gosh! All right. Well, so we talked about what the Society of Saint Andrew does. Really, it's kind of the the middleman between getting this food that would normally be discarded into the hands of people who are hungry and can use it and appreciate it. How did you get involved in all of this? Well, I I, I had a good job and I was working with family and friends and just loved what I did. And I just felt like I was called to do so much more. Like I just needed to be spending more time helping make a difference. Mm -hmm. And this opportunity didn't just come to me. I mean, it just full front stopped right in front of me and, and a lot of time, a lot of prayerful considerations. It was a big life change. And, uh, I, we ended up making the leap. Mm -hmm. I mean, I say weeks, it's a family, it's a family. family. We, we moved in, we made the leap and I've never been so passionate about Mm -hmm. something before. It's, you get to every single day make a difference in somebody's life when you give them food because every single day somebody needs food. I mean, there's not a day where you're like, ah, (laughs) I'm not hungry. Right. I mean, it's not. And, you know, we take for granted that the food is, is there. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, gosh, I'm hungry today. You know, I open my fridge and there's there's food there for us to be able to eat. But that's not the reality for some folks. And, you know, our reality is things can change. You know, if you know, if your life changed, if, you know, you lost your job or, you know, you lost your spouse that was contributing a large amount of your income, you could become food insecure as well. You Absolutely. Know? So that's why we try to talk about rather than saying we address hunger because mm-hmm. um, I'm hungry right now. Right. <laughs> kind of live that state of being every day. Um, but we address food security mm-hmm. and that's that secure and consistent access right. to good quality well, you food. you know where your food's going to come Even from. if my fridge is empty, I, I'm, I'm in a comfortable situation where I can just go to the store and buy more. Mm-hmm. I not only have the resources to buy it, but I have a car. So mm-hmm. I, I, all these barriers that you wouldn't think affect your ability and right to eat, mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. And, you know, access to those foods, you know, rural communities, you know, I grew up in, um, which not technically the Delta, but right beside it in the hills. And we didn't have a grocery store, you know, mm-hmm. in our town. A grocery store, the closest one was about a 25 minute drive. So it wasn't just, a, I'm going to run out and grab something right now. You know, you had to pick things that were going to be stable for a while and that were going to be nutritious and, and fill you up because it wasn't a, you know, a pop out down the street and get something. 
That's right. That's right. And and, and it has to be things that you like. Yeah. You know, if, if you didn't grow up with that diverse diet and, and those different kinds of foods, it's hard to introduce it to your diet. And there's so many health concerns that can be prevented and addressed yeah. by having a diverse diet. Yeah, which, of course, you know, you're speaking my language when you talk about that, because, you know, when you look at the, the leading causes of death um, in America and worldwide, you know, even in the top 10, at least five of those are lifestyle related. You know, we're talking heart disease, diabetes, lower respiratory uh, tract disorders, which are like our COPD and your emphysema. All of those can be linked back to, you know, what we're eating, how much we're moving, if we're smoking, those types of things. And so sometimes I think that folks only think about donating um, unhealthy items to food banks and food pantries, you know, um, because of the thought of, well, they'll last a long time on the shelf, you know. And that can be be the case, you know, when I'm buying up stuff to take to my local food pantry, you know, I think about stability of the Mm -hmm. items. Um, But I also try and make sure that they're providing some kind of nutrition to uh, the child or the family that's going to be eating that as well. So it's not just empty calories. We're filling them up with good for them things as well. But that's the beauty of y'all's programs because a lot of it's fresh stuff that doesn't get donated to food banks and food pantries. It is. And a lot of it's so fresh that we'll go out Saturday morning at 745. We'll pick turnip greens until mm-hmm. 11 and then we'll send them to a food pantry that day a lot of our pantries will time their food distribution mm-hmm. based on when we're bringing the fresh yeah. food which is amazing you know i um i'm a, a a board member for Mississippi Food Network. Mm-hmm. So I get to work with a lot of the food pantries in the area and you kind of see the food that's donated in being distributed out to families. Um, I, it's important that I involve my kids because, you know, my kids sometimes can get a little on the spoiled train of thinking <laughs> of, you know, they take for granted that, they're, that there's food in the fridge when they open it or food in the pantry Correct. when they open it, you know. So my oldest in particular, my 10-year-old, he um, helped me do a, a food drive recently. And to, to piggyback onto that, we um, volunteered in the food pantry after we delivered the food and we stocked the shelves and you know, did that kind of stuff. And then we filled orders for clients that were coming in. You know, and so we were you know, picking them things off the, the shelf to try to build a meal for them. But when we turned around, there was fresh stuff sitting right there from you guys. You know? <laughs> and I was like, this right here, I know this person who makes sure that these <laughs> fresh things are here for these families. You know? So that when we were putting you know, pasta and spaghetti sauce in a thing. I was like, there's lettuce over there. Go get that lettuce mm-hmm. so that this family can have a salad with this. And then mm-hmm. we take for granted when we're building a plate. You know, we always have salad with our pasta. That's just one of those things. And we were so grateful that there was fresh stuff there for real real people. Because these are the folks that you pass every day on the street and you don't realize that they're having trouble making it Make it happen, you know. Absolutely. And you were talking about Hunger Action Month, and that's what we try to do is, um, you know, a lot of what we do is is manual labor. Mm -hmm. It's it's field work, and it's farm work, and it's hard work. Um, And so many people want to help and be a part of what Mm -hmm. we're doing that when you help our partner agencies, when you volunteer at the shelters and and the kitchens and the pantries and the food banks Mm -hmm. um, that we send our food to, you're helping solve Mm -hmm. the problem Mm -hmm. of food security. Um, In fact, Hunger Action Month, um, one of our co-founders, Marion Kelly, she is retiring this month. Wow. 
uh, so we're doing a big day of giving mm-hmm. September 28th, where our staff and board have actually pledged to match the money that we raise in Hunger Action. Oh, that's awesome. We've already pledged about $25,000. Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to start, that'll be the day of giving at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see what we can raise from people that, you know, I want to help the cause. I want to make a difference in families in my neighborhood, um, but I can't get out there and do it myself. Right. Um, so we're always asking them to help yeah. be a part of that. So how can folks donate to that? Absolutely. So our website is just endhunger.org. Okay. Um, there's a big donate button on top there. Our day of giving is going to be September 28th. Um, and that's something that people like to know is, well, how do you use the money? Well, mm-hmm. 93% um, of every dollar goes directly into the mission. Um, so it's, it's one of those that you do have to cover some of those processing costs right. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, seven cents of every dollar mm-hmm. um, is, is for that kind of stuff. But you can make a difference. And, and $1 provides 35 servings of food to a family. Wow, that's amazing. So your money goes goes far it when does. you when you donate to an organization like that. It does. And, and you're getting some matching with this uh, day of giving. So that's a fantastic thing. All right. Quickly, we're going to take a call. We're going to talk to Sue in Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. I'd like to ask your guest a question. Sure. First, I'd like to make a comment. Once, once I was in a big box store mm-hmm. and uh, they were had a cart there and one of the employees was loading out loading up all the produce it was a little bit wilted a little like you say a little bit day old but still perfectly usable and i asked them what were they going to do with it and they said they were going to throw it in the dumpster out back i broke my heart it's a sin and a crime to throw food away that's perfectly usable and i asked them why don't you put that food in in that cart and put a markdown price on it because Somebody, there's lots of people on tight budgets, and mm. somebody would buy that stuff. I would, you know, I, mm-hmm. other people would too. But to throw food in a in a trash dump is just it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm just wondering if your guest ever asked these grocery stores or any place that sells groceries for donations of that stuff. Yes, ma'am, Miss Sue. So we absolutely do that. And speaking of our partners earlier that Dr. Bidwell said, uh, the Mississippi Food Network mm-hmm. has some national partnerships with a lot of these grocers to help coordinate that sort of um, surplus, the items that aren't used to get them into the hands of families that need them. So through our partnerships, yes, we're definitely working on that specific area. Good. Thank you, Miss Sue. You. Thank you for giving us a call this morning. And now is a great time for us to go to our first break. And what I would challenge you to think about is what's your favorite tip or trick for stretching your food dollar? We'll be talking about that when we come back from the break, and I'll share my favorite tip. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. 
I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and joining me in the studio today is Andy Lemon with the Society of St. Andrew, and we are talking about Hunger Action Month and what that really means, and really we're trying to drive home the notion of food insecurity and not knowing where that next meal may come from, or maybe even your next couple of meals for a lot of our fellow Mississippians, and I'm sure um, similar situations in their neighboring states that tune in and listen. And before the break, I uh, mentioned tips and tricks for stretching your food dollar, and I would love to hear um, your favorite way to make a meal uh, last a little bit longer or make an ingredient feed more folks. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. So, you know, food, um, we all are looking for ways to stretch the food dollar, regardless of what your budget is. We all want to feel like we're getting the most bang for our buck in terms of food. And so for me, um, my favorite kind of budget extender is a meatless meal. You mm-hmm. know, from a health standpoint, it's got a great um, health benefit. You're always going to cut out saturated fat when you take an animal product out of your meal and add in a more plant-based um, type of, of protein and meal source. Uh, can be uh, a tougher sell here in Mississippi because we're, <laughs> we're very meat and tater kind of folks. Um, but most folks, uh, I just say, just try one meal a week of pulling out your meat because the, the meat is the most expensive item usually in a meal. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at you know ground beef, chicken, turkey, all of those things are much more expensive than a can of beans. You know, so it it can be a, a way to, to get a cheap meal on the table that still meets all the nutritional guidelines and is low in saturated fat. So that's kind of my tip. What You got any tips for folks out there stretching a dollar? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so definitely, you know, uh, growing some of your mm-hmm. own food. You know, the cost of a seed is significantly right. less. And people, anybody who's grown a tomato mm-hmm. plant knows that one plant will give you way more than you yeah, need. Yeah, it, it does. Um, the other thing is is mixing in the meat. Like when you make, a, mm-hmm. you know, a jambalaya or, or black beans and rice or something, just cutting up your meat and mixing it in the bowl. And then you'll still get some meat. You'll still get that nice, delicious taste right. that you you're looking for, um, but you can stretch it further and mm-hmm. spend a lot less. Yeah. You don't miss it. You know, you, we were talking over the break. I mean, you can take two chicken breasts, which mm-hmm. if you were just serving the chicken like as, as your main protein and then serving, you know, a starch and a vegetable on the side, it would be one chicken breast per person. That's and right. so for a family of four, it would take you a whole pack of, you know, a whole four pack of chicken breasts, which can be pretty, pretty costly, mm-hmm. you know, nine, $10, depending on where you're shopping. And you can still feed that family of four with two chicken breasts if you dice it up and mm-hmm. mix it in with... With these other things, your rice and your vegetables and that kind of stuff, and really stretch it. And when you it. mix in that meal, it kind of encourages you to bring in those fresh vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to add something to it. You just don't want a bunch of chopped up pieces of meat. You want right. some peppers and onions and things mushrooms and all these kinds of good mm-hmm. things that go along in there. Um, and we, you know, if you tuned in earlier this morning, I was on Deep South Dining with Deborah Hunter, and that was one of my tips as well um, for making comfort food a little healthier is to kind of cut the meat in half and add in veggies. So if you know if you're doing spaghetti or something like that, then instead of a pound of ground beef, which is what we normally do, mm-hmm. you know, half a pound of ground beef and a thing of mushrooms chopped up in there. Because um, it looks very similar to ground beef. You can kind of trick your kiddos sometimes into <laughs> not knowing that that's not meat in there. And now you've gotten two meals out of your one pound of, mm-hmm. of ground beef um, and stretched that dollar even a little bit more there. So we would love to hear any of those tips that you guys have out there because I know you're savvy shoppers and um, everybody's trying to get the best 
best meal on the plate that they can for their family um, in an affordable way. So you can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. Now um, and I had a yeah. had another oh tip you had another you, one? I had another one he that was you can ready do. lay it on this me. one is on mission too you know oh, you're talking yeah. about those grocery stores uh-huh. Miss Sue about uh-huh. the folks with you know let's just say like your local grocer mm-hmm. you know they they have these produce things start getting marked down mm-hmm. um, when you are deciding to grocery shop plan your meals around what's on right. sale you know your grocer is planning to if they can't sell it they have to move it it has right. to go somewhere it can't sit on the shelf and not be good to eat right. so they have to move it but start looking for the things that are getting marked down and buy those up. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when they are on sale, buy them in bulk. Lots of things freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you reduce the food waste problem. You reduce the, the store having to make that difficult decision of donating and, and how to handle those right. logistics if they don't already work with us. Um, and then you, you're able to eat on, on a smaller budget. Yeah. And I do that. You know, we'll... I say meal plan, but be flexible, Mm -hmm. you know, so, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm meal planning something and I say, you know, we're going to have chicken and asparagus and, you know, rice and I get there and the asparagus is $4.99 a pound and Mm -hmm. the green beans are $1.99 a pound, then I just make that swap, you know, Mm -hmm. for a nutritionally equivalent thing. So I'm not getting asparagus this week because I don't know what it's dipped in gold this week. (laughs) Now I'm going to get green beans, you know, and just be flexible with that. The same deal with fruit. You know, what I usually do for fruit is I just say, okay, we're going to get two kinds of fruit this week. Mm -hmm. And but I'm real flexible about what that is. You know, if the grapes are on sale, like they were last week, they're 99 cents pound. And so that's what we got instead of the oranges that were a little bit more expensive that week. Mm-hmm. So you just got to got to play the game a little bit yeah. with with shopping the sales but have some kind of plan in mind. But your plan can help those consumer trends that mm-hmm. do kind of lead us inevitably to waste. I mean, right. if the grocers start seeing that things do sell that are a little wilted, there'll be less waste. Right. You know, they'll order accordingly to that. So, right. I mean, you can be a part of that change that mm-hmm. you want to see. Yeah. And, you know, piggybacking on what Miss Sue said, you know, some things are not, they're not able to be donated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a, always a food safety Absolutely. issue. Um, you know, my, my rule and what I tell the kids is if if you wouldn't eat it, then you don't give it to somebody else to mm-hmm. eat. You know, so if it's if it's past its its prime, mm-hmm. you know, then you, you don't. You know, they're not going to donate that um, from a food safety standard and just a, a human decency standard. You're not going to give somebody something less quality just because they're food insecure. And you know, that's not. Well, and that's and, not and it we doesn't do it. it doesn't help anyone when you do that situation. Yeah. You know, that's exactly um, part of what we want to do in the middle. Is as mm-hmm. a lot of grocers and farmers and people that have a surplus of food mm-hmm. are worried about that food safety. Mm-hmm. So we tell and we're there to kind of gauge the quality and the quantity and to remove anything that's not good. Uh, we had a blueberry farmer um, last year mm-hmm. that put together a crop, harvested, sent it off to be packaged and marketed, you know, and take care of all that for them. And they got a call back from the warehouse that said, we did a quality control inspection. We found some mold, so we got it. And and the farmer called us and she said, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm going to lose mm-hmm. so much money. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And so we suggested donating it and we talked to her how it would work. So we went and picked these blueberries mm-hmm. up, a thousand pounds of blueberries. We went through them. You know, they're all in this little plastic. Mm-hmm. They're called clamshells. Right. The little plastic clamshells. And we went through them out of a thousand pounds of blueberries that had been rejected. Um, we were still able to get about 970 pounds wow. of good berries. So it did take a little bit of labor mm-hmm. um, that, you know, your grocers are not set up to do. Right. Um, 
But you but guys are. <laughs> yeah, we're totally set up for it. We have, you know, thousands of volunteers mm-hmm. that say, I'm willing to sort through some berries to make sure that only good food goes to my neighbors in need. Right, you know, we right. want to make a difference in the lives of people that live down the street from us. Mm-hmm. It, this, it's a way to do it. it, may, it re- and it really is your neighbors in need. You never know what someone is going through, if someone is struggling to put food on the table for the, for them, and for their kids, for their mm-hmm. you know, significant others. And so we've got to, we've got to take care of each other a little bit and love on each other. And so you mentioned this blueberry farmer Mm -hmm. that you had. And so y'all get calls from all over, Absolutely. right? So we're Absolutely. like top of the state all the way to the bottom so of the state? So from New Albany to Biloxi, from Biloxi to Macomb, from Macomb to Tunica. I mean, just anywhere in between that we go. And we're starting to get a lot of uh, familiarity with our farmers mm-hmm. and our food donors and that we're starting to get more calls from farmers in, you know, northeast Louisiana and, and, and north, you know, we're, we're set up in every state in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Society of St. Andrew, we've got uh, eight state offices mm-hmm. um, and we're slowly growing. We just opened an office in Indiana and and wow. uh, we're getting That's up there a little bit. Yeah, it is up there. It is up there. And, and I'm I'm just assuming that they're mm-hmm. going to do a lot of corn. <laughs> I'm assuming that's going to be a lot of what they have. You know, we do a lot of sweet potatoes in yeah. Mississippi. You know, we're the second largest grower in the country of sweet potatoes. So we do a lot of that. But mm-hmm. it's all kinds of produce, you know, and produce is seasonal. Not everything mm-hmm. grows at the same time. You know, right now, um, folks are talking about growing greens and it's going to be sweet potato harvest soon. And then it's going to go back to greens and those, you know, squash and zucchini mm-hmm. that come out in October. Um, and then, you know, January is kind of a slow month. Mm-hmm. Not a lot grows in Mississippi. Right. Um, but that's when we really use a chance to get our volunteers to say, hey, you know, these are materials we need. These mm-hmm. are supplies we need. Here's how you can feed a family in need by donating a five-gallon bucket. Right. Yeah. And so just like you guys heard, there are offices of the Society of St. Andrew in our neighboring states. So we've got listeners from Louisiana and from Alabama and Tennessee, all of those areas. Google it. Get involved and look and see how you can get plugged in in your neighborhood to help feed those that are food insecure in your neck of the woods, not just here um, in Mississippi. And you mentioned those sweet potatoes, Mm -hmm. and y'all do something called crop drop, right? So that's what I've gotten to uh, participate in. But tell us what crop drop is, because it's awesome. Well, it's fun to say, for starters. It is very fun fun to say. say. Anytime you can make something rhyme, it's always (laughs) a a good deal. But what is it? Well, we call it a potato drop for so many mm-hmm. decades. And what we started realizing was, um, you know, nationally, we called it the potato drop mm-hmm. was just a function of what we do. But then we started realizing in our different states, it's a different crop. Tennessee mm-hmm. grows a lot of green beans. Mm. So we started calling them crop drops. You know, Florida does a lot of citrus. Um, Georgia does watermelons. You know, everybody, every peaches, everybody's got, you know, some specific crop to their right. region. Um, so we call it a crop drop, but the farmer has a surplus. And we're not talking um, something in the field that they didn't harvest. We're talking they've harvested it. They've, you know, graded it. They've washed it probably they brought it to their warehouses and then nobody's buying it right um or 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 they tried to sell it and it got halfway away and then somebody decided not to buy it so it came back um so they have this large quantity of food and they've got to move it immediately you know you think a farmer that sells twenty thousand pounds of sweet potatoes and then the sale falls apart they've already packaged they've already washed yeah it's it's in the way it's got to go somewhere um so what we do is we do a crop drop. We just did one at Jackson State. Um, this past Saturday, mm-hmm. we just did one in Hernando. And this oh, coming right. Saturday, we're going to do one in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Awesome. Yeah. So we're just going and going. And, and it's uh, it's something great. But we, we drop 
the produce. Um, we're, we're, you know, bringing some liners and things to lay on the ground, or we put them in pallets. Mm-hmm. Depends on how they arrive. Um, but we get them, and the folks sort through them and pick out any potatoes or whatever the crop is that's not good to eat. Right. Stuff that isn't good enough for my plate. It's not good enough for my neighbor's plate. Right. Um, and then we pack these 10-pound bags. So it's a nice family-sized amount of food, not a 40-pound sack that you're going to be tired of. Right. But and not thing. be able to get in your car. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's something that you can, it's got a little handle on mm-hmm. top. You can just carry it off. Um, and the food banks we partner with love it because it's it's fresh produce in a handy-to-use mm-hmm. sack. You know, our volunteers do the labor and the sorting, so our partners love that. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's a big draw. You know, if you're a, a food pantry, we're going to do one in Hattiesburg in mm-hmm. October um, with the Eagle's Nest Pantry at mm-hmm. USM. And you're doing it and you want to communicate to the community, we're here to help. Right, and we we're here to feed. Mm-hmm. Come check out this crop drop. Yeah. It's going to amaze you to see 50 foot long pile of sweet potatoes. Yes. That's four feet tall. Like it's it's going to stick in your It brain. is a mountain of taters. I mean, it really is. <laughs> I was I went and took a picture of it because I was so impressed at the sheer amount of sweet potatoes. And when you start, because y'all usually start mm. bright and early, mm-hmm. you know, like 730 in the morning, and you're standing there looking at these potatoes, and you're like, there's no way we're going to go through all these potatoes. You no, know, that, like, that's what I was thinking. It's not going to happen. Like, nobody, nobody needs that many sweet potatoes, you know, and they're all gone. They're gone. I mean, in like two and a half to three hours, they're gone. And in the know? case of the one we did at Jackson State, you know, the volunteers kind of trickle in. So we've mm-hmm. got three or four people standing next to this pile as long as, you know, two pickup trucks back to back. And then we're like, oh, we don't have enough people. And then by the by 930 or 10, we've got so many people that we can't even get more volunteers right. to the pile. Because right. when you tell people, come out and volunteer for an hour, mm-hmm. you can make a difference in the life mm-hmm. of your neighbor. They're ready to do yeah. that. I mean, that's just it's a Mississippi thing. It's a southern thing. But people are ready. Yeah, it was great with uh, JSU, it was a lot of the college students Mm -hmm. came over to volunteer. And we were there to kind of offer medical screenings. We did Mm -hmm. blood pressure checks and blood sugar checks. And it was kind of a way to really tie in the fact that food and health match. They Mm -hmm. go together. They're hand in hand with those things. And so it was a a great opportunity for us to get out there and work with you guys and really see the need. Because you can hear statistics. You mentioned 600,000 Mississippians Mm -hmm. that are food insecure. But when you see a line that is literally miles long Mm -hmm. of just car after car after car of people who are coming for these sweet potatoes, Mm -hmm. you know, you really, these are the faces of the folks who are living this every single day and wondering, you know, how I'm going to feed my family. And so it's, it, we're so happy that there are folks like you out there who will, will help us and point us in the right direction for folks that are wanting to serve and are wanting to help. So we're going to talk a little bit more about how people can get plugged into volunteer with your organization mm-hmm. when we come back from the break. And I also had some stuff coming in over social media that are tips and tricks for extending that dollar. If you want to join our conversation, our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Always, you can email me. My email is fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. morning. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell and joining me in the studio is Andy Lemon with the Society of St. Andrew and we're talking about Hunger Action Month and what food insecurity means and most importantly how you are the greatest part of the solution for helping our neighbors who are food insecure. If you have a question or a comment, or if you've got tips and tricks to help us all make more um, out of our budget, our food budget, we would love to hear those today. You can join in by calling us at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 And as always, you can send me an email. I love to read those. My email is fit at mpbonline.org. Now, before we went on the break, um, we were talking about ways you can volunteer mm-hmm. because um, you know, some of it is manual labor, like you mentioned. Um, I've seen pictures of you on Facebook after you've been uh, <laughs> gleaning out in the fields and you are glistening a little bit because it's, it's hot out there. So there is is that way to help. So tell me about that particular track of, of volunteering. Yeah, so field gleaning is, is the majority of what we do. You know, we talk about crop drops mm-hmm. and things like that, but day in and day out, somebody somewhere is in a field um, doing exactly what farmers do. They're out there. They're picking this stuff by hand. You know, so many vegetables can't be machine harvested. They have to be done right. by hand um, just for handling ability and, and not ruining your, the majority ruining of the your produce, food. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so much of it is done by hand, but that requires, you know, boots and, and long pants and, and ability to stand in the heat and bend and stoop and carry a 40 pound bucket to the right. edge of the field. That's, it's a lot of work, um, but that's the majority of what we do. Um, but there's so many other ways that, that you can be a part of what we do and that you can help make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we need supplies. We need sponsors. Uh, we found out that through our program and through the pantries that we partner with and the food banks like the Mississippi Food mm-hmm. Network, uh, that $15 a month through our organization can sponsor a family of four to have So you can feed a family of a four for a month mm-hmm. with your $15. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. That is amazing. It's a great way you know, to get involved without having to strap on your boots and go, right. go glisten as you glean. <laughs> you, know? you need that on a t-shirt too. I should just start a t-shirt company glisten business. While you glean. Glisten while you glean, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, so $15 and you can go on your website, right? Absolutely. And, and do that. And so you can also sign up to be a, a field volunteer there Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So it's just endhunger.org. It's E-N n-d-h-u-n-g-e-r dot org. Um, you can register as a volunteer. You can register as a food pantry mm-hmm. to get food. Um, you know, we have given food away to more than half of the counties in Mississippi. That's 43 counties, mm-hmm. I think, last we counted. Um, but there's more counties to reach, right. and there's 82 counties that we want to reach. Mm-hmm. So if you if you know of a food pantry, sign up online. Be a part of our program. Help us. You know, so many times we have so much food to share. Um, that would be great to just be able to say, oh, we reached a new county. We reached right. a new corner of the state that we haven't worked. Um, we made a plea saying, you know, we want to work with more people in, in Walthall County and, and Pike, and we need to do it. And, and one of our volunteers said, you should have just called me a year ago. My best friend is, <laughs> is a supervisor. We'll get him here, you know, right. in, in an instant. Right. So, right. Um, you know, be a volunteer, be a recipient, be a donor. You, either way, I love what you said. You can be the best part of the solution yeah. to end hunger. I mean, I mean, you can make that difference. It is. It, it's all it, human 
capital and human resources mm-hmm. are our greatest treasure as far as helping each other. Because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, that's what we're here on this earth to do is just be good people and be kind to one another and help where we can, you know, and, and you never know where that, you can help. And you never know how far what you're going to do right. is going to right. trickle down. Right. So you think about, we're going to use me as an example. Andy, you know, lives in a single mom household and doesn't have three meals a day to eat, um, especially good quality food. Um, but I have the chance to, you know, grow up and, and start a career and, and maybe it's in STEM, maybe it's in engineering, whatever right. it's going to be. Um, but I can't focus in school because I can't eat. So you get food into the food pantry. I get the food. I'm able to excel in my classes. I'm able to grow and I'm able to do amazing things later on down the road because somebody took the time to make sure that I had enough to eat. Right. And, and and that's that's part of you talking about the health. So many people that don't have enough to eat every day also end up struggling and battling these chronic health conditions that a lot of them can be, if not relieved, at least, you know, helped right. by uh, an improved quality of diet and improved variety of diet. You know, imagine the medical expenses that families in need could save um, if they had access to diabetes friendly food, if right. they had access to food that didn't elevate their blood pressure, you know, fresh green beans instead of canned green beans, right. things that can make a difference. Right. Um, you can, it just, the economic effect by itself, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, they trickle down when our base needs are met. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Because, you know, I think sometimes we think about hunger and just the, sen- the physical sensation mm-hmm. of, of being hungry. You mm-hmm. know, and of course, it's not pleasant. And to think about someone being hungry without a solution for dealing with that hunger, it, for me, it, it makes me not be able to swallow my food. You know, actually, the, the can drive that we did and the food drive we did recently is because I was scrolling through Facebook. One of our local food pantries that um, I follow, their Facebook post was about uh, a family who had come in um, with some young children and the little girl was crying um, and they were like well, why are you crying because she was hungry you know and their supplies were just bare you Exhausted. know so I mean they they put together you know the things that they could for her but you know I was eating my breakfast when right. I saw that and it turned to like concrete in my mouth and I couldn't swallow it I was like I can't eat this thinking about a, a baby out there who is hungry you know mm-hmm. and it just made me get misty because that just no one should be hungry you know the, no one should should worry about that but they do but there are there are ways that we we can help this situation but apart from just that physical sensation of hunger you mentioned school performance absolutely you know kids who are hungry are one preoccupied with the fact that their tummy hurts Mm -hmm. you know that as a you know a former pediatric nurse as a nurse practitioner who worked a lot in the school systems on monday mornings that was one of the number one complaints in the clinic when they would come in is my belly hurts or my tummy hurts you know and you would you know start to go well did you eat breakfast this morning baby and no i didn't eat breakfast this morning when's the last time you had something to eat and really the last good meal that they had had was on friday at school you know and so you know your your notes your medical notes would look pretty weird because it's like treatment plan bowl of cereal you know because that's what you would do is you would you would feed them, you know, so that they could go then try to learn during the day because if they're hungry, they're not going to learn, you know, and they're not their brain. Your brain runs off of that stuff. Imagine that your brain runs off of food. You know, it really mm-hmm. does. And you've got to have a full tummy to to have to reach your full capacity as far as mental functioning. And that's something that, you know, you're talking about. It's not like um, some, you know, third world nation poster child mm-hmm. of just, you know, 
no food at all. Right. Hunger here can be, um, this is actually a real life example and I'm be as unspecific as possible because <laughs> this guy um, was a, such a good example, but we were at an event and, and this guy just said, you know, I'm not really a big fan of, of all this charity. I don't know that mm-hmm. that's going to be a big help. And I said, well, you know, maybe the people that are hungry don't tell people they're hungry. Maybe right. they don't know, you know, that they don't have food and that's a problem that can be addressed. I said, imagine this. I said, imagine a dad works full time, comes home, you know, mom works part time, two kids in the family, dad comes home just in time to eat, sits down at the table, mom puts food on both kids plates, her plate, dad's plate, and then takes the skillet back to the kitchen. That's kind of mom and dad's mm-hmm. code that that's all the food that everybody gets, mm-hmm. whether it's hamburger helper or whatever right. it is. Um, the little girl devours hers before she can just, anything can happen. And then she says, I want more. Dad, without asking, just puts a little bit of his on her plate. You know, she may not be full after that, but then dad is starting out the next right. day with less to eat. And he's working a full-time job. Mom's working part-time. They have a place to live. They both have cars, but they're having to make these tough decisions so that their kids never have to say, well, I haven't eaten in two days. Right. You know, even though they might not be eating enough. Right. They don't want their kids to have to say that. Right, yeah. I mean, they. you really don't want to think about people making those decisions. But the reality of it is there's a mom or a dad out there making that decision right now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It happens every single day. And and it's not sometimes it's not the people that you expect to mm-hmm. be having those issues. So, you know, sometimes I think the food insecure gets kind of stereotyped as, you know, they're the they're not working or, you know, they're not trying their best. The majority of the ones I've met are trying their absolute best to make make it work. You know, I don't think anybody's ever said, ah, I don't want to eat for three or four days right. because I have something I'd rather buy. Right. You know, yeah. they have to make a very tough decision, mm-hmm. you know, keeping lights on, paying for prescriptions, you know, and there, it's just, it becomes the cycle that can just drag so many people down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I got some things in on social media this morning when I asked about tips and tricks for um, stretching that food dollar. And mm-hmm. this person, <laughs> she's funny. She says, I'm a wizard at this. <laughs> um, she talks about shopping at a particular store. Um, I won't mention that store because we don't have any here in Mississippi because this is an out-of-towner. But she starts with meal planning weekly around the sales because the sale papers still exist. I don't think Mm -hmm. a lot of people use them, but each grocery store still puts together a sale paper. And so she uses that to plan her meals. And then she um, makes everything from scratch. So she can be my hero because I don't necessarily have time to make everything from scratch, but I do make some of these things from scratch. She makes her yogurt from scratch, which I am impressed. Like that is, (laughs) that I... I, I want you it's to commitment. That's right. That's good stuff. She makes her own hummus. She makes her own guacamole. I do those things. Um, but she says dried beans are, are her staple and they really are. I mean, it doesn't come much cheaper than a bag of dried beans and completely shelf stable. I mean, they last forever and really hearty, again, plant based source of protein that can, can stretch. I mean, you can feed a lot a of folks with some beans, way. you know. Um, she eats a few vegetarian meals a week, which is what I talked about earlier. And then she also does um, price compare. So she'll compare the prices at one other grocery store in the area to make sure she's getting the best bang for her buck. So those are all great um, tips that she had there for stretching her food dollar. If you've got any of those tips, we would love to hear them. You can email them to me at fit at mpbonline.org, or you can give us a call right here live on the air. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 This is the last break of the hour. So if you want to talk with us today, now is the time to get on the line. We'll be back after the break. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. In the studio with me today is Andy Lemon with the Society of St. Andrew, and we've been talking about food insecurity and reminding folks that September is Hunger Action Month, and there are lots of ways that you can help us be the solution to food insecurity. You can always go on the endhunger.org website to learn how you can volunteer right in your state or right here in Mississippi and how you can donate either your time, your talent, or your money to feeding those around you who may be struggling. And, you know, we've been taking tips and tricks for extending your food dollar and making your um, money go farther in the grocery store. We've had some great tips and are always looking for more. Um, We are going to, um, I'm going to throw out my favorite sweet potato recipe in a minute, and I'm going to make Andy throw out his as well. But we did get um, an email question that came in um, that kind of ties into the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is your partner agencies, um, because you guys are not the only folks that are trying to end um, food insecurity. There are lots. We've mentioned the Mississippi Food Network, but there are programs like WIC that are out there that are really trying to meet the needs as well. Tell me a little bit about what WIC is. Like, I mean, it's women, infants and children, right? That's what it stands for. And it's for providing food to women who may be pregnant, breastfeeding and having young children at home. Mm-hmm. But they're, I mean, they're an important organization as well that's meeting the needs of families who are, are looking for help out there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, because we are a grassroots organization and we are a nonprofit, um, sometimes there's a lot of logistical hurdles and mm-hmm. partnering with government organizations and non-government organizations alike. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now, probably the best way that we partner with our partners, um, if we can't specifically put food in, in their shelves and things like that, um, maybe we can equip them with resources mm-hmm. of what's nearby. You know, when we go to a, a WIC center I just met with um, a few months ago, we were we're talking about it and we just couldn't quite line up on the best way for us to, to do that. You know, we just couldn't quite sync up with mm-hmm. our schedules right. and everything that was going right. on. Um, but what we were able to do was just kind of agree that we're going to share resources. Right. You know, we both serve um, people that need help. We, we both serve people that um, need a list of resources, mm-hmm. um, especially food related, health related um, opportunities. So that, that's one of the main ways mm-hmm. that we can partner with those groups. Um, but Society of St. Andrew by itself um, is is only one organization. Right. If we didn't partner with all of these other groups that are working to end hunger, mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't be effective. Right. Um, we, we've given food to 200 food pantries across Mississippi this year. Um, the Mississippi Food Network gives to so many food right. pantries, um, like the Food Network. That's the example right. I want to use. You know, they have such a quantity and, and good quality food mm-hmm. that they're able to give. You know, they work with the CFSP boxes. They do right. all these other things. Um, when we send fresh produce to the food bank itself, we're not only helping them by giving them more fresh produce than what they have, we're helping maybe give a variety. Right. You know, they're not going to call us and say, hey, we need sweet potatoes because we already have so many. Right. They're going to say, you know, do you have other things? Do you have blueberries? Do you have What do you have that we can add variety to mm-hmm. our clients? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the ways that we do work with our partners is, is trying to spread out the love, make sure yeah. that we get the variety as well as the quantity. What's well, um, a to piece in the it. puzzle? You know, each, mm-hmm. each one of these organizations that are doing things, you know, you've got WIC, you've got the USDA program, you mentioned the 
CSFP boxes. Mm-hmm. All of these different programs and organizations are a piece in the puzzle. You know, nobody is able to do it all on their own. And so having those partnerships where you're able to build the most nutritious variety of foods available to folks that need it is really how you get this, how you get this situation under control, you know, how you reach the the most uh, number of people. So there's tons and tons of organizations out there who are doing these things. You know, we've mentioned Mississippi Food Network. It is the only Feeding America food bank Mm -hmm. um, in the, uh, in Mississippi, and it reaches a, you know, large amount of our, our counties. But we do partner with all of these other organizations. Absolutely. As well to and so the, the Department of Health has these mayoral health councils mm-hmm. um, where they're specifically aimed at, you know, volunteers and groups that want to build up their small communities. I mean, we're talking areas like Edwards, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We're talking areas, you know, Alligator, Itabina, these these small areas. Um, we're working with them to not only tell them about the opportunity that exists with us, but connect them to our network of partners. Mm-hmm. You know, let them know these are other people. You know, this is UMMC. This is how you get in touch with the mobile right. clinic. You know, these right. are all of the options because we don't just want cure the hunger problem, right. you know, we want to build up our neighbors and help them to be everything that they want to be. Right. All right. We've got a few minutes left. So my favorite sweet potato recipe is a sweet potato chili. So I know we had a caller on Deep South Dining who was a chili fan. Mine is a three bean chili with sweet potatoes. No meat. Don't hurt me. It's okay if you don't have meat. <laughs> so that's my sweet potato recipe. What's your favorite? Well, I've got two, so okay. it's kind of hard to tear between right. the two of them. Um, but I'd love just like, a, and 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 I give the credit to my mother-in-law and my wife. They definitely won me over. Like, mm-hmm. I, I grew up, sweet potatoes were brown sugar and cinnamon, maybe a little nutmeg, mm-hmm. clove, depending on how you want to dress it up. But it was <laughs> always a sweet treat. You know, right. maybe it was marshmallows or pecans or something on top, but it was always a sweet treat. You know, they introduced me to, to garlic and cayenne and chili powder and paprika on some diced up sweet potatoes that are roasted on a baking sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, just some nice little bite-sized things. And then we did get a little fancy just because we saw something on the cooking channel and wanted to try it. <laughs> we made uh, sweet potato hash browns and oh. just made little hash brown cakes out of sweet potato. Oh, that sounds good. That Crispy good. on the edges. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that mm-hmm. does sound good. So um, you guys can email me your favorite sweet potato recipes. I would love to read them and try them out at home. And I might even Facebook Live one of those recipes if you want to send them to me. Um, you can send it to fit at mpbonline.org. You can also send me any questions or comments or ways that you can get involved with the Society of St. Andrew or any of the other organizations who are out there feeding people and helping the food insecure in your state. I'm happy to get you connected with the folks who make the magic happen at that email. So you have been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'd like to thank Andy uh, Lemon for joining me today and getting you out of the field today a little bit in some air conditioning, but I feel like you're probably going to hit the ground running when you leave out of here. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come and really share your passion for food insecurity with me and for the listeners. I'd like to thank my producer, Jay White, for keeping me straight and keeping me on the air, making sure we put out a great show for you. And thank you to those listeners, callers, and emailers who make this show what it is. Thank you for listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.